consumed like most of the yes. south coast yes and then the accompanying mudslides that um destroyed a yeah like a large portion yeah. of montecito actually yeah, we don't even we don't even we're, so we're taping this on the sort of day after the aftermath the mudslide so it's yeah. pretty grim out there it is, yeah it is very grim yeah and and it's no jokes to be made about that no and it, um and, and some of the reasons we haven't had a podcast really recently is because a lot of the theater and things we would do are canceled, are canceled, canceled rescheduled, everything that was going to happen in December. The air quality was so bad, so toxic that people just didn't have, you know, there was no nutcracker, right? No, nutcracker. no Christmas Carol, no, no, nothing, mm-hmm. no anything. Right. So now we get to reschedule it and do it all in January, if they could find the spot, but some things, you know, have been yeah. rescheduled for way later in the year. Well, let's let's tell everyone what we're going to talk about today on the pod. Today, we will talk about some of our favorites from 2017. Yes, yes. As well as a well, couple of things that are coming up coming immediately. Up immediately or very soon. Very soon. All right, let's get to it. Let's do it. So... Let's so. reflect. Let's look back. 2017. What a year. Yeah, it what really a year was. socially, Ugh. culturally, mm. theatrically. I mean, from the top, and I'm referring to the top being like the Broadway, down to mm-hmm. even just the littlest, tiniest things out here in the park. Yeah. Yeah, I think we saw, that, yeah, we saw was, some good stuff. We saw some good stuff. There was some really good stuff going on in Santa Barbara. I think that people had a real emphasis on really showing their expression of the culture through uh, the theater choices that they made. It, exactly. I mean, even Taming of the Shrew, which is kind of, you know, we, we were... Yeah, we were, we, were we were concerned because we were, we like, were like, hmm, mm, doesn't sound yeah. like a feminist parable. <laughs> it definitely sounds like you're calling, <laughs> you're referring to a woman as a shrew. Yeah, that's which, in the title. Mm, so we were, we were, you know, we had our uh, eyebrows <laughs> up, but um, Nicole Toma and um, Melissa Marino sort of came and, and we thought they were so great to talk to. Yeah. And then they had a I, they had a real vision, which I, yeah, I really liked. I always really appreciate did. it when when people come in and they say, "This is my vision, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do it." So yeah, well, I saw Taming in the Shrew. I know I missed it. Why did I miss it? I was seeing something else. You were yeah, you were yeah. They they it was like one weekend or a couple right of performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty and quick, I think I was seeing it. It was show. uh, ooh, it was good. And yeah, and, and you know that. what? I love what that. was great was that it was a bunch of people that. Uh, were sort of at different levels of of their you know journey as actors, mm-hmm. I guess, and mm-hmm. and from like equity, you know, this is my job, this is my living. To I love Shakespeare, and I kind of get to do it occasionally, or right. you know, and, it, and it's but but it all worked so well together. It was really a great show, and it's really wonderful to see a younger generation mm. of theater makers coming up and 
you know, creating good works. Because they're young. Like, Melissa, I don't know how old she is, but I don't want to say how old she is. She's young. young. Yeah. No, exactly. Definitely, definitely like, the way under 30 set. It, and that's... Which is so incredible. I mean, what right. was I doing before 30? Like... You weren't starting a Shakespeare company. No, I that's was for sure. Definitely, I mean, whatever. Like, Not that you were doing other cool stuff, though. <laughs> if by cool you mean <laughs> drag in a dirty bar, then yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> sure, I sure. Why not? That. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, so we and and we can look forward. I hope to more. I hope so. I hope so. Too, yeah. So. so what else sticks out from two? I mean, just because we're gonna forget people we loved and that sucks i'm yeah. sorry well, pre-apologies you know, it but, happens. but but like soon, anything soon we will have the broadway world awards which Ooh, are sort yes. of it's a it's less of awards and more of a poll in which we put right. it out and people nominate mm. and then anybody who gets more than one nomination because that weeds out all the self nominates right uh you know and then we put them up and it, we vote and everybody votes and so it's sort of a crowdsourced like right local it's like favorites. american idol it is, it is like it, american but, idol but but theater but no singing well some no singing, singing i guess in the Ooh, musical section can be, yeah anyway so we will get that we will get the results of that fairly soon and we mm-hmm. can go through so mm-hmm. that will give us another chance to mention the people who were doing work that exactly uh you know was, exactly. was but touching these, the people the awards our memory right now, it's all suffers from recency bias where you kind of oh, yeah, remember the last like what six happened, shows you what saw. What happened last January? Yeah. Right. I don't even, yeah, I couldn't tell I you. I need a calendar to, I, yeah, to tell I you and it's not because it's not memorable, but, but right. or not. It was just a long time ago. But this happens all the time. I was, I was thinking about what did I like? And, and I really was thinking like from June on because anything yeah. before that, I'm sort of like, God, that seems like a right. million years ago. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, uh, on the... Uh, idea though of of the more politically engaged or you know taming the shrew they added that feminist perspective to it which i kind of thought was impossible or not impossible but you know but it's a tall order a, yeah it's a tall order yeah. right and and then there were two brecht shows that right. uh were obviously engaging mm-hmm. with contemporary society and and ooey you know oh yeah arturo ooey that was great yeah and i i love it when westmont hits it out of the park because it's a small school. Yeah. It's a tiny theater apartment. One year I remember somebody like posted an Instagram photo of that was like, happy graduation, Westmont. Here's the theater department. And they had enough students to spell out theater <laughs> on the back of their caps. So that tells you how big this department is. And yet they're putting on work that mm-hmm. I think is really noteworthy. Yeah. And Arturo Ui is a, is a good example of that. Interesting use yeah. of lighting, of set, yeah, um, really I thought a Brechtian that, yeah. use of it, and and not in the stale Brechtian, because because there is a way that some of those Brechtian devices have gotten so co opted by. Sure, it's you expect to see it, and yeah. when you see it, you don't see it as a Brecht device. You just see it as like, oh, well, that's a thing that everybody does, not realizing that it's a Brechtian thing. Exactly. So, and I mean, really, in his theory, he doesn't say, "Well, do this." It's not that prescriptive. What's what's talked about is a general way of flipping the audience's mind around a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there's no specific technique you'd have to follow. Like, for example, right, in case you're not up on your Brecht, um, (laughs) having the actors in regular clothes on stage or um, in in the Westmont production, they had the sound effects Mm -hmm. and mute 
musicians also a few mu- musicians yeah they had the musicians on, on the stage. stage yeah and the sound effects was was Which very we're much so like used to that we don't right, think of sure. that as a like oh what's going on right <laughs> right uh but but they pulled it all together. They pulled the whole production together, and it's got that iambic pentameter, mm-hmm. too. Super impressive. Really impressive into this Brechtian. I felt like a real Brechtian experience. I really, yeah, that was in the performances. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were they, they were incredible. Ridiculous. I mean, I there were so many characters on there yeah. that I... I had to look in the pro. I mean, usually, right. you know, you see enough theater in this town. It's a small town. You kind of know who's who. So when you see somebody, you're like, I don't know who that is. How could yeah. I not know who that is? And you look, and you're like, Oh my yeah. god! Like, for me, um, Anna Telfer, who also sort of played the um, kind of like innocent young girl in Blood Wedding, right. which they did in March, mm. that seemed to me very much like, okay, this is probably sort of what this girl looks like in real life. You know, she's kind of whatever. But when she came on as this as this clubfoot gangster, like I didn't yeah. even I didn't Who's even that? recognize her. Who is that? I yeah. mean, she, because she looked, she acted, she sounded completely different. Oh, and I gotta put in another plug for what was so great: fences up fences, in yeah. up in Santa Maria. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Uh, and another sort of it it it's like richer in this moment in time than it was when it was. I mean, possibly when it was first written and put up, so. How so? Well, it, you know, we happen to see it in the moments that the football, the NFL players kneeling mm-hmm. was was a big deal, and, and I don't know if you remember Fence's text, but it concerns him as a baseball player mm, who right. was, uh, learned baseball when he was incarcerated and then was part of the Negro League. That's right. And also there's been a lot of, really interesting conversations on new Jim Crow being Mm. mass incarceration, lifetime incarceration, you know, sort of this, this imbalanced incarceration of African-American men. So it was, you know, it touched on kind of every, every issue nerve issue is not my word. I don't want to use that word because it's not like this is a billboard or a pamphlet. It wasn't a pamphlet for, any particular issue, but just engaging those same deep right. conflicts that then permeate the rest of your selfhood. So like that character can never know who he would be mm-hmm. outside of the context of this racist society. And, right. And so seeing it that day of, of, um, you know, the NFL people being talked about as, you know, pesky, uh, right. for, for kneeling during the anthem, which can I, on a side note, like, I, I legitimately don't understand. Like, why do we even, why do we play the national anthem at I, football I games? I guess that Is was that a, a more recent thing, too. Like, they just started playing the, the anthem for, for, I forget what, it, what, it's not that old. It's, like, only been done for the past, like, 10 years or something. It's very strange to me. Like, it It's seemed, not really a nationalist moment, right? Right. It's really not. Like, I don't, yeah. I just don't understand why everybody all like of a sudden, it's like, the Army, decides, Navy team yeah. playing. Right? It's like, just, that would make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, even if it would be like, okay, that's that's sort of extraneous. But, like, it would be like, all right, okay, cool. You know, it's their, yeah. it's their fight song. Right. But, like, yeah, like, why do we why do we do that? I, I, I legitimately, like, don't have, cannot make the connection between I don't know, and two. I don't know why we would, you know, And then get mad about supposedly it. supposedly cares about free speech, why we would care if somebody's... <laughs> we don't care about free speech. Kneeling. No, I free mean, speech is not okay. 
if you're threatened by somebody, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, it's very confusing to me. I, it's, it's, I think I, I think I've got it. I think I've got it figured out why they're so mad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think fences addresses that better than I could. <laughs> but this is the mark I think of a really interesting, really excellent piece is something that hits mm-hmm. yeah. the conflict, the human conflict right. so deeply that even decades later, yeah, we are still seeing it. You know, yeah. it's something that's so intrinsic within the culture that, you know, it, yeah. it hasn't gone away. Yeah. We haven't worked that out this yet. This is still a problem. Yeah. And and really, that Fence is the story is showing this whole family and how it how it's living and surviving and resisting and um, negotiating mm-hmm. its essence. So it's not like it's a political play per se. It's right? an American play. It's an American play. Exactly. It's an American play. So, yeah, so I see political political theater being, I hope, even more engaged. Because, you know, for me, the proper location of the theater is within the polis. And it has to be part of the public sphere. Or, or you're just, you just stay home and watch Netflix. Because really, oh, yeah, there's some absolutely. good stuff up on, on there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Netflix is you really know, engaging. It is. <laughs> and, it's pri- and it's private and it's domestic. and yeah. but, but when you kind of want to have a conversation with who we are as a, a society, as a, as a people, then that's the proper place for, for theater. Yeah, and you want to watch people do it in real time. You know, yeah. you want to see someone mm-hmm. have this mm-hmm. emotion and whether, whether, whatever their acting style is, whether they come from a place of, you know, sense memory or, you know, trying to bring up emotions from a previous unrelated thing or like really finding the character within this reality that, you know, I mean, whatever your sort of, what school you come from, you're still watching someone have the actual human emotion mm-hmm. in the room with you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't help but be affected by that. Yeah. And I, that's the difference for me between seeing live theater and which is why, like, I mean, if I'm going to watch Hairspray, I would absolutely rather watch Hairspray on stage yes. than watch li- Hairspray live on TV. Because it's like, yes. who cares if it's live? It's still on TV. It's on TV. It, it's not going to feel your energy, yeah. respond to your energy right? as a collective, not yeah. even as an individual, but as a collective. Right. And every time you watch Hairspray Live, it's going to be the same because they film it once and that's it. Every time you see Hairspray on stage, it's going to be different. The energy is going to be different. Yeah. Everything about it is going to be slightly different. It's situational. Yeah. It's particular. It's personal. It is. It is. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So huzzah to more contemporary theater to more that contemporary theater that it can be Shakespeare, the, but it, it needs to be contemporary. Yeah. Um, you know, on the flip side, I feel like there's these nostalgic things that we see sometimes that it's just like, why? Well, for instance, I, I just saw Motown just last night right. and I love, I love the music and I love the sort of energetic representation of what this particular like period of time in music really says about the United States, but like it essentially was a concert. It was a concert of Motown music, which is great if you want to see a concert of Motown music, but like then they try and put this story behind it and make it not by right. It's like the dialogue is bad. It's contrived. It's terrible. It's like just scrap all of that. It's super perfunctory. I mean, there were lines that are like, yeah, just straight out of like 1970s television, like just bad, (laughs) bad, bad. So, you know, you forget about all that and watch the performances. And I think that that would have been just as strong because that's what you you watch for the clever mashup, you know, and for the characters, you know, you watch it to see young Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. I think I think in those 
shows, there's always this sort of the 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 recreation that like how well is this person going to make me recognize so and so right you know the the joy of the audience recognizing or not recognizing this person why well, i will say for motown the one woman who was a stand up was a woman who played diana ross that's got to be hard her name was Trenice, one Trenice. word, Trenice. Trenice, yeah. Um, or maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but like she it. had a fancy name. Um, and she was great. And she didn't really look like Diana Ross. Oh, interesting. But she really embodied mm-hmm. the sort of physicality of Diana yeah. Ross in such a recognizable way that, like, you couldn't, there was no way to be like, I wonder which one of the Supremes is supposed to be Diana. Like, it was clear because yeah. she really embodied it. And yeah. So and so that was fun. It was fun to see people really enjoying that music. Yeah. But like I, I think that there's is also a thing where people they put together a Broadway show because they know it'll make money. Yeah. And they feel like, well, it's a Broadway show, it needs to have a script. It's like just if you want to just do a concert mashup, just do a concert mashup. You don't need to have it. Like people aren't there to see you have ten minutes of terrible dialogue. Just do the music. Or or maybe they could do it better. Like, or write a better <laughs> musical. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But that's a tall order. Come that on is, now, come on. <laughs> they already wrote 30 years of, like, new well, standards. It, it's interesting how kind of bad some opera plots are, or the recitative in in a in an opera plot. You're like, wait, what? Or, or just nonsensical they are. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. Yeah, yeah. What is the worst opera that you have ever seen? Oh, worst? I don't... Well, Just that's, the stupidest, that's the irony like, of, of opera is, like, no matter how nonsensical it is, you don't... It's like, you don't care. Oh, right. That's you what, just yeah, throw totally that away. Totally not the point. You Who cares? Don't even, you just stop reading those subscripts. You just subscripts. go, like, well, wasn't he dead? And, or wasn't she... <laughs> ah, well. <laughs> isn't that the... Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, no, I, I couldn't answer that question. I always like opera I mean I never see opera that I don't like okay it's, I like, will say that I have saw no taste one because every time I say opera I'm like that was great no no I saw <laughs> I saw one I usually really love it even like even Puccini and like Shad even Puccini even Puccini oh. oof ouch ouch no Puccini makes me sob like I've told you how I don't cry uh huh Puccini makes me sob. Interesting. Maybe I have the wrong impression of Puccini because we were bagging on Puccini pretty hard last night because there was an ad in the back of the program uh-huh. that was this, it for? was like, it was for like a retirement center. And it was this woman who's like oh. the epitome of like old, you know, like I'm 70 and live in California and have money. I love beets and Cotswold in June and my potter's wheel. And I have a scientific mind and I love my Puccini records. And I was like, all right, that's yeah. just, ugh. but basic. maybe I'm it's super basic, right? <laughs> basic as fuck. But like, maybe I'm wrong about Puccini. Maybe I need to revisit no. some Puccini you, and you, well, learn to you love it. Could, I, I guess you could love Puccini for all the wrong reasons. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you I don't could. know. We could look yeah. at that. Maybe we'll have a, an, opera, okay, uh, an opera cast. We'll, well, we'll do an opera. The uh, I did see opera one pop. opera that I just could not deal with, and we oh, I, what was that? I left after you, like. Oh. Oh, yeah. It was one of the only times in my entire life that I've left a performance at intermission because I could not take it anymore. Nixon in China. Oh, Oh, okay. Nixon in China. It was unforgivably boring. Okay. Unforgivably boring. Yeah. Because it was just, it was basically like, here's Nixon, he's in China. Now he's odd and weirded out by all the Chinese stuff. And then it was just like a bunch of, like, 
American perception of what the Chinese stuff that Nixon was weirding out looked right. like. And I right. was just like, what is this? Like, this is San Francisco. Come on, guys. Yeah. Really? Do better. Do better. Okay. Do better. Oh, well. Well, try again. Anyway. anyway. Go back to the bat. Because yeah. there's good stuff in the in the opera. I swear. <laughs> there's good stuff. Oh, no, I love opera. I no, do. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. And then, so we reflected back. How about, how has our pod changed? Has our pod changed at all? Hmm. You know what I think that we should do? Yeah. Is maybe like we should do some field trips to yes. like local events that are like not because we see a lot of theater. Talk to the people. Talk to the people. Bring it to the people. <laughs> but we see a lot of theater already. And maybe yeah. we should do like some other types of events. Yeah. Like that are just like we had random our great culture. Rodeo. That was thing. classic. That was great. That'll be a, a yearly mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Revisit. But yeah, we should, I mean, because there are a lot of little funky art events that happen here in town. Yeah. That, you know. And we go to other things. We go to other things. We do go to other things. We We do do have a life other than theater. We do. It's hard to believe, but we do. It is hard to believe, but it's true. So yeah, let's (laughs) let's do that. But what, and any way else you've. We've changed. Well, we have a lot more listeners now. We do have a lot more Thank listeners. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you out there. <laughs> we love you and appreciate you. We, we really do. And what's coming up? Anything you're looking forward to seeing soon? So there is a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Yeah. Um, I am a little bit bummed that a doll's house had mm. to be moved because yes. of the fire. Right. Uh, John Blondell, who is directing and is the head of Lit Moon. He is a professor at Westmont. Right. And so when the fires came through, you know, he I, lives up near there. And so yes. they, they evacuated and, and were gone. So they were gone for several weeks, which really disrupted their rehearsal schedule. Yeah. And then they had to pull it off the schedule down at center right. stage. And the only time that they, I guess, could figure, reconvene. you know, to, could reconvene mm-hmm. and get it all together is, is August, September. Right. And I'm bummed about that because I read the play. I became obsessed with the play. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about it yet. We haven't even talked about it yet, but like, ugh. I haven't even really taken you in. Oh my God. We need to have, well, John says that he would love to be on the pod. Oh yeah. So let's just do a full okay. John on the pod. Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Extravaganza. Cause I yeah. have so many questions. Oh, good. And I okay. know that you can answer them. I could. I could. I think I could. In a very satisfying manner. <laughs> I would hope and so. And I look forward to that. That would be so fun. Immensely. And we have uh, some interesting stuff coming up. The World of Extreme Happiness at UCSB. That's right. Uh, what is that? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, either. I don't know. I read the... the. So it seems to be about a woman who's born and, and she's not wanted, perhaps because she's a girl. I, I didn't read that part and then she escapes or escapes her family or and i don't know it sounds like an adventure and yeah. it, it appears okay. to be all set in china too so then oh, cool. i my thought was like oh that's gonna be it's gonna be maybe tough to cast oh because what do you do uh i think i mean like i, I mean know. they could probably me. cast it or they wouldn't do it but but whatever well i it's at the university, and I yeah. think that the university has yeah. a much more diverse population oh, yes. than we do than here. Santa in, Barbara does. Yeah. No, I know it does, but in the BFA or in the in the undergraduate theater program. Yeah, I don't. I don't is, know. That's what I'm wondering. Do they have enough people? I mean, obviously they do. How do they you, wouldn't be doing do you, it. So here's just sort of a related question: How do you feel about like race blind casting for yeah, these things? Yeah, so interesting. See, I I believe in a you know, in a, in a kind of Western pr- production, like let's say we're talking about 
a Shakespeare, mm-hmm. we can absolutely have race blind casting. Ah, yes. And that's not problematic. Right. But but this play by Francis Yachu Kaohing yeah. that takes place in China, yeah, we can't way, have yeah, like Caucasians may. slipping yeah. in there. <laughs> right, you just do the whole thing. Just all white people. <laughs> wow. Mm, that, that, what, that, what, that, that, what would Brecht say about that? that? <laughs> what would Brecht say about <laughs> he that? He would say what? I saw a play in San Francisco called Black Rider, mm. Uh, mm. the Tom Waits, yeah. William Burroughs mm-hmm. thing. And it was really good. But one of the interesting things about it was it was gender blind, race blind yeah. casting, uh, which I, for that particular piece worked out really well. Like it, it, you couldn't even, it just didn't even matter at all. Right. Like it was great. And, but I can see how it wouldn't matter with a show like that when it's, uh, it's just like people in the woods, like yeah. woods people. <laughs> Woods people and the devil, like, you know, you don't, you can say that they look and sound and are anything and we're willing to believe it. But it is different when it's very specifically like, this is a show about China, people, Chinese people people in in China China. and their experience as Chinese in China. Like that's exactly, you can't just populate that. And it would be horrifying if there was any kind of passing as a Chinese person. That would, I mean, they wouldn't do such a thing. They would not do mm. such a thing, but um, they for, example, the for, ex- for example, for example, for example, Lena Dunham, <laughs> unbelievable. I misunderstood. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you did not misunderstand. I, yeah, Lena. See, this is this tacky. is interesting. So, okay, now I just kind of want to see it. No, oh, um, I definitely want to see it. Now, when's okay. that? That's happening in that's mid February. Yeah, two sixteen okay, cool. is when they, that opens. Cool, cool, and cool. it's directed by Daniel Stein, also someone unknown to me. So that'll yeah. be interesting. It's gonna too. be yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. I love it when we get somebody that we don't yeah. know to bring in like a new, fresh viewpoint. Yeah, and that's I great. and I love the old people too, or the the accustomed people, the people to whom I am the usual suspects. The usual <laughs> suspects. <laughs> And um, anything you're specifically kind of looking at your calendar going, <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, okay, so I'm really excited because we got Trump. Oh, yes, Trump. We got Trump. Trump coming up. I know, Trump. On Monday. Yes, at Center on Monday. Now, and now stage. just listen to this. Yeah. So this is a guy who I didn't know, and I talked to him, and I was like, hey, buddy, like, I've never met you. Like, how have I never met you? And you're doing a show at Center Stage. <laughs> like, I practically live there. Like, what's the deal? And so I guess he is an improv skit okay. comedy guy okay. uh, who started playing Trump when he said that he was going to run for office uh, on TVSB, which is like the public access okay. channel. And so then he really got into it. Now they've put together this, this show. And so it's going to be they put together a show that's scripted. But then the last 15 minutes are like a town hall meeting in which it's improv and he's going to talk to the audience. And the opener is a magician. Like, you can't... Uh, it opens with a magician. It opens with a magician. So the first 15 minutes is a magic act. <sighs> and then Trump comes out and it's, talks to the people. I'm going to dress like Ken Bone. I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, I'm going to dress like Ken I, Bone. I think I have to go as Kellyanne. Oh, I, I mean, right? so amazing. I, don't, I just hope that people know that it's Kellyanne. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just hope no one thinks that's me. Maybe my... <laughs> I just right you and your alternative I, facts. I know me. I, I can totally do. Her. You're totally a person of totally alternative facts. Oh, yeah, I'm all over <laughs> alternative facts. And she had that rocking like red, white, and blue outfit oh, she wore God. to the quote inauguration. She would I don't think never I can kneel pull anything at the national it. anthem unless oh, no you told her to and paid her to do it, and then she yeah. would probably and, do and it. Then, no problem. I know. I know. How much? Okay. 
right. Let then. me check with my better offer. <laughs> I have an offer to stand for the national anthem. Can you counter that? God. So it's oh, clear farce. where we stand on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear where we kneel on that. It yes, exactly. Okay. Okay, so that's so exciting. That's Monday. That's Monday. I, that's a more exciting Monday than I've <laughs> than ever than I've had. I ever. know. Right. N- yeah. We've also got drama dogs coming oh, yeah. up. Bunny and Ken, I love them. They uh they just got their new space at American Dance and Music, which is on Victoria Street. Uh it used to be I don't even know what it used to be. It used to be that big uh remnant store with like oh, big rolls of like linoleum. Yeah. And now it's a beautiful studio oh, yes. uh that they use for Pilates, dance, yoga, Ooh. all sorts of fitness classes, uh rehearsal space for dance troops okay, and nice. you know, acting and whatever. Uh so they are doing they have been a theater company now in Santa Barbara for 25 years. So Amazing. they are celebrating the 25th mm. year and they are uh, doing, they're starting it off with a show coming up uh, the first two weeks in February. Uh, I believe working title right now is earth duet. And nice. so it's, uh, it's all about the environment They're They're involved in this uh, climate change theater action group. That's an activist group that, uh, you know, teaches about climate change through, the theatrical medium. So mm. it's a series of shorts they've kind of woven together with some like um, spoken spoken word kind of cool. artsy poetry thing. Yeah. And then intermittently there are different little short plays about uh, in the environment. And it's, it's fun and it's family friendly. And I think they're going to try and partner with the zoo and some of the raptor People. organizations. Yeah. So, oh, you know, Ohio Raptor Center. Yeah. Maybe. If, Rest, you know, if we, can get it, if we can get it going, you know, that'll be cool. Come season birds, season plays about Sounds great. birds. Yeah, it'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. I, you know, I have a, a specific fear of birds, though, but I'll, I'll, what, I'll manage so? that. How so? Are you afraid? What are you afraid they will do? I don't know. Encounter me in some way. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Like, feathers gonna, like, gross me out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm afraid of. I'm just non-specifically kind of freaked <laughs> out by birds. Specifically <laughs> freaked out by birds. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but I'll, I'll manage that. Okay. If, if, you know, I can handle people pretending to be birds, like on stage. That, okay. that won't bother me. But like if a bird like word of came at flea, you. Yes. Like if a bird came at you yes. and tried to throw down at you, you yeah. would just like let the it's bird win? upsetting. And, okay. And I, I think I went to a, a fair a couple of years ago and they had an opportunity to like pet a raven or mm, something. Yeah. No, I did it. Oh. I was really, yeah, I was like, face oh. the fear. Like, you know, a five-year-old seeing Santa, it's like, good for me. I touched like, the raven. Put those, put those fingers <laughs> right into those feathers and just kind of. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a little more. Yeah. It was more yeah, it was of a more. <laughs> quick pat, but yeah. Have you ever caught a chicken? Oh, no. My friend has chickens. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I, she knows They're that tough. I'm scared. And They're tough. This, and my They're other friend catch. has chickens and um, she also had a turkey. And her mm. turkey was following me around, and mm, I was like mm. freaked out, and I like kept walking yeah. faster and running, and the turkey just kept my pace. And she's like, "Oh, he wants to be your friend. He wants a pat." I was like, "You're like, <gasps> I think he wants to peck my eyes out." Is I know, what but I he think didn't. He, he was a friendly turkey. I, it was proven to me, but I couldn't. I couldn't handle. I was earlier in my alternative facts phobia. Anna. Then alternative facts. <laughs> <laughs> I was younger. I was newer to my phobia back then. I couldn't face the turkey. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so, oh, and oh. I want to see The Crucible. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely see the Crucible. I can't wait. Like yeah. after seeing that Arthur Miller piece that we saw at UCSB, which is also a highlight. Yes. For me. Um, yes. Um, a view from the bridge. A view from that the bridge. That was great. I was going to say a that shot in the dark. A and shot in the dark. Like, That's not the name of the play. Uh, <laughs> okay. That was good. But after seeing that, I like renewed my sort yeah. of undying yeah. love. Yeah, because I can. I, Arthur Miller. I can run hot and cold with Arthur Miller, but I do like uh, The Crucible. Yeah, I mean, bit. if it's done well. Oh, yeah. I'm in love with it. But yeah. then when it's. But because it's done frequently, if it's done poorly, I'm like, eh, wah, wah. Like, pfft. You know, I'm, I'm just going to have a little feminist pre preview of that one because excellent the whole excellent. the whole irony of the witch hunt in the context <laughs> of the crucible <laughs> is that the women are all to blame for everything going well, wrong i think you know what i mean just generally i true. mean like like the tragedy is that john what's his name is Ugh. caught up in it not really you know what i mean yeah, not that they're because burning he, women at the stake. Be, yeah exactly yeah. Mm, like let's problematic read, let's read that history book a little more carefully <laughs> And here's an interesting theory, but I can still like the play. It's kind of like the the Raven. I can kind of pat on the head. Well, you can, you can like the play based (laughs) on narrative ingenuity. Yes. And it's, and it's allegorical quality for our time. I just don't want that fulcrum to be on the back of bad women, you know? So when I, hyper, hyper sexualized young women, this is a true story. When I was in, the seventh grade. Oh, wow. My big, you know, like kids have their like phases where they like run really hot on like some certain thing and they're really into it. My thing was the witch trials. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. So into it. I, I read know. every book in the library. Have my Little Pony. Right. Some people I, have witch trials. Some people have the witch trials and I have the witch trials. <laughs> and I read every book in the Cabrillo Middle School library oh, about amazing. the witch trials. And the, it, it, what a fascinating shit fire that was yeah. like unbelievable but here's an interesting thing that i learned there's a theory that has been yeah. postulated that there was a certain mold growing yeah. on the wheat that like ergot uh, yeah. ergot poisoning yeah. right and it reacts in the system the way that like lsd reacts so yeah. these people were having these weird hallucinations and like physical palpitations that were that they didn't think were physically possible but it's because they were essentially just on drugs well Yes, but even the ergot theories mm-hmm. don't explain because it wasn't univ- like the the witch craze was mm-hmm. all over from you know sure and well it's been a thing it, it didn't even con- it doesn't really map exactly so there's some kind of social contagion to it Definitely. even if at some level there was weird behavior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> that kind of erupted because of those. Uh, the the rye it was the rye the grain rye, yeah um th- that you know we still kind of wanted to persecute people i mean there's still this underlying sort of well i mean we want to do that now we do i mean we don't oh, but, we personally but, but don't. the the society at large but society at large definitely wants to right yeah. I and mean, you kind of have to have a absolutely somebody to blame because it's Difficult to blame yourself. And the weak people are the good scapegoats. They're pretty easy. I mean, because if they were better, then we wouldn't have to blame them. Exactly. So it's their own fault. It is their fault. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's another lesson we can unlearn from (laughs) theater, hopefully. I mean, hopefully, (laughs) right? But that's That's what theater does. Well, that's when it's good. That's what it's doing. It shows you this horrible behavior that we're having. And then you can look at it from an outside perspective and be like, wow. 
I'm That's certainly glad up. that I don't do that. And then hopefully <laughs> the next time you do it, you're like, wow, that was sort of like in the crucible when they were right. burning women mm-hmm. for no good reason. No, like, burning men. Right. No, yes, burning <laughs> women, but mostly John Proctor is the well, one we're upset about. Well, oh, no, not John. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill him. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hate you, John Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I'm really excited the name to see of, this play. The name of your next book. I hate you, John Proctor. <laughs> John Proctor. <laughs> Shut up. By Anna Jensen. <laughs> Feminist Theory and Theater. 2018. Uh, right. I know. And ETC is doing a more sort of oh, political one, too, I'm coming up. I'm excited about that. City have you, of have Conversation. You, have you read this? Have you heard about this? Uh, yes. I'm familiar. Um, How is it? I don't know anything about no, it. No, it's good. It's It's... It's a kind of a Shavian in a sense, like a lot of words. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they say mm-hmm. city of conversation, <laughs> that's they aren't lying. They aren't lying. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I love that, though. That's no, I do, too. My... I know you I are. Love that's part of your writing style, yeah, too. It's a lot of sure. sort of the the thesis, the idea yeah. being the meat being in right. in the details of the conversation you like that so you love that so you will like this play i predict i see in my you know globe my i also like am really obsessed with the idea of uh, just recently i mean within the last couple of years with this i don't even know what the right word to describe it is but like uh, we have a president who's a reality star like i can't even i can't Mm -hmm. i can't even like the so the demagoguery of it all right and like this idea that you know for a long time i had this like sort of joke that i was like politics is a theatrical farce Mm -hmm. and they're just waiting for us to realize it Mm -hmm. and (sighs) i really so i've become like sort of increasingly obsessed with this idea Mm -hmm. of the two parties and what is it about like a party line that that people really cling to. And mm. I, so I'm really interested in this idea that it's it's a younger conservative and his mm-hmm. aging, mm-hmm. very liberal parents. And like yeah. what... Because that's I'm, kind I'm of the so, flip of our political reality right, right now. I'm just, I'm so curious. Like I'm very curious to like yeah. hear all the details in this conversation. Because yeah. I yeah. think it's going to be yeah. super fascinating. Yeah. So we and have to ensemble, cross our fingers for some good casting there. Because those, those talkie yeah. plays... Man, they better yeah. have some good. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah they totally will. They good. they always have good production yeah. value yeah. and amazing. Ama- yeah, so I think yeah. that'll be. We're gonna believe we're in DC. We're gonna feel it. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna feel it. We're gonna smell the <laughs> intrigue. <laughs> I can smell the intrigue from the. <laughs> Smells sort of like piss in the streets. Hmm. <laughs> Delicious Washington DC. So yeah, there's a lot coming up. There was mm-hmm. a lot that was can you know sadly postponed, yeah. canceled. Um, not just to Dollhouse. Some things, you know, some of our theater groups were seriously devastated by this stuff. Like mm-hmm. Revels, who we we had <gasps> Revels on. I know. And uh, they had this really interesting idea with a California pageant. And I know, and, and I, I missed it because we evacuated, and I'm well, so sad that I missed it. Well, they canceled, and then right, they, they, canceled post, and they... they changed the date, and then, you know, that's devastating for them economically, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So we, we all need... And then the State Street Ballet getting right. its money, you know, because a lot of money gets uh, raised to mm-hmm. do the shows that are more for niche audiences later on. Right. Um a lot of money gets raised in December. Yeah, this is the cash crop. Nutcracker yeah, is the Nutcracker. cash crop. Yeah, or, um, yeah. So 
it it was particularly painful. Ugh, I mean, just it's it's, it's like what happened to the merchants in Santa Barbara too. Mm-hmm. The people who are that's when yeah, brick the and shoppers come. Stores. You know, yeah. Just closed, so, like like it was a ghost town. Here. Yeah, like it a, was a ghost town, and, and so now many, we're getting that feeling again too. I went, yeah, I went oof. out yesterday afternoon, uh, downtown or not even downtown, but like upper upper state, and it's just like nobody's out. You know, it's a yeah. somber, it's a somber time, and people can't be here because they're stuck and in, in they're stuck in one way or another. And, and yeah, it's I mean, just people are dark. People who are so the freeway is closed, and there's one freeway that runs through town essentially. And it's closed to the south yeah. because of all the mudslides for like a thirty mile stretch. So thirty miles, and then the the so alternate routes that here. you would normally oh, no, it takes like take. four hours to oh, go right. Up but the, I mean, up to the forty six and over to the five right. and down to L A and around. Like you don't. No, that's yeah. crazy sauce. But, but people but, are taking boats. People are taking people boats. are taking boats. They drive to Ventura and, and they old take fashioned a, boat. They take a boat up to the harbor and like that's insane. Well. I yeah, mean, it's, not insane. it's more. It's, how it's people more. People did it for it, millions of years. Well, that's true. <laughs> not millions, but um, a, hundreds, a long time, <laughs> thousands. thousands for thousands. sure. Okay, and good. it was a very efficient mode of transportation for those. Yeah, boats are cool. I like boats. Yeah, I like boats too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good. Very good. Maybe we can get the Trump performer and the magi- magician on a boat. You oh know, my god, entertain that would the be troops, the be- you know, the so land speak. shark. That right, would be the land the, shark, the best Trump land shark ever. Uh, oh, the Trump. Oh my god, we make we well, make this guy Lauren Watson mm-hmm. who is playing Trump. Yeah. We make him drive the land shark and do a oh, Santa yeah. Barbara tour oh, as man. Trump while the magician just performs that, that up would, and down the aisle. That's a great idea. This and is an incredible he idea. He could get a raven on his shoulder. Or, oh, my God. Or, or no, our, Trump had a problem with the eagle, right? Remember <gasps> the bald eagle? Yeah. Event? Yeah. Ugh. That's probably when I had the clearest moment of, of empathy for him, actually, was when he was attacked <laughs> by the Like, I know, I know. They are scary. <laughs> That's funny because I feel like I had empathy for the eagle. I was like, God, we fucked up your babies and now you have to deal with this? Unbelievable. Oh, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Well, what else is happening coming up that's fun? Well, that's fun uh, and interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I would s- assume all kinds of things. Well, the the I guess film festival January, is coming. and that's, Oh, the film festival. Yeah, yeah that's going to be fun. Yeah. That'll be great. That'll, That'll be, be in late January. And, and Play Fest was coming, but they have had to move back as well. So that'll be in yeah, March. So that'll be in March. Getting, yeah. Everybody got bumped. Everyone's bumped. So we'll just be Chaos. having Christmas in March, I guess. All right. I'm down for that. Yeah. Me too. Redo. Redo on the Christmas. Redo. Can we get the Christmas tree back up? I looked really good Ugh, by the Christmas no, tree. No, you light. did. The lighting was uh, so great. So perfect. I know. I think we can. Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah. yeah why not? Let's get five. You know, I told you. It's David, not like we grow fir trees here anyway. I mean, you have to import it from somewhere. Pretty much. From I, Napomo. I told David that I wanted another Christmas tree next year, and he hmm. he blanched. I think he did not. He didn't look well after I said I wanted did you a want, second Christmas tree. Did you want the same Christmas tree, David? No, I wanted another Christmas tree. You wanted another Christmas tree. I want tree. two Christmas trees. Oh, you want, I see. I, do you see what I, I mean? I thought you were saying, I want another one. Like, I would like no, another like, different Christmas tree. Two pl- like, no, two, please. You know, because oh, I want it. Yeah. yeah. That right? That's logical. That seems super lo- That seems I mean, very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but no, David's not impressed. What all, yeah, no, what February's and it's all happening February all all of it starts in the middle of February. Right. So like, we're going to be booked. Oh yeah. We're going to be booked. Solid through Solid. February. Solid. Booked. Solid. Just totally that solid. weekend cray cray. 
totally cray. So we'll probably reconvene after then, after we've seen some of these yeah, morsels, like definitely. the world of extreme happiness, mm-hmm. city of conversation mm-hmm. and the crucible. Definitely. And Trump. And Trump. And Trump. On my Trump. Okay. All right. Maggie, what are we going to talk about next time? Well, next time we will have all the winners of the Broadway World Readers Poll for your favorites in 2017. Awesome. So we will we will go through that and we will have uh, the delightful Charles Donnellan. Oh, wonderful on to talk about all of our favorite memories and of we all can, the winners. Yeah, take, uh, oh, that, that's going to be really It'll be fun. It'll dreadful. be a fun little retrospective yes, yes. of all the popular kids. And so for this broadcast, thank you to David Paris, our producer, and, and Miles Austin for music. Yeah. And check us out on Instagram, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, mm-hmm. check us out on pretty much anything mm-hmm. that you can find on the social media. We're there. Yep. Stay safe, Santa Barbara. 